Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are at episode 217, and I am so excited about the rest of season two, but also very, I don't know, it's just been a lot in season two. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been all over the place. I know I said it a lot, but literally, from the way it started to where we are now, I mean. I know, it feels like it's been like three seasons no, in this one. Just in with this all one. the emo- emotional journeys and just like. The personal life stuff that they yeah. all have going on. It's been a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot, a lot, 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 lot. Drama. I love it. So, <laughs> I mean, it's been really, really good journey. And we're just trucking on along. Yeah. So, let's get to it because people cannot wait for you to finish season two. So, let's do 217. Got him. Okay. So, we start out at Babylon. And it's just Brian and Justin tonight. And they are leaving for the night. And I love this scene. It's so cute. Uh, Brian is very excited about spending the night with Justin. <laughs> yeah, this was so cute. I feel like I have been gypped, you know what I'm saying, a couple episodes now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to get back to this lovey-dovey yeah. Brian and Justin, you know? And I feel like that we have been getting it. between them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I love. And that's what I look forward to, you know? Um, because when I feel like, and no shade to Brian, all the Brian haters out there, but when Brian is solo, I'll, um, mm, some, some, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. But when they're together, something about them. Yeah, I mean, it's infectious. What, it but that you... happens in couples, like you when you bring out something in each other right. that's not there when you're by yourself, and that's right. a good thing. It is. It is. So I was happy that it started off with the two of them, and they both look happy and amazing. I love. Yeah, them. I mean, they are making out in the middle of the alley. They're holding hands, mm-hmm. even. So in their dialogue, it's kind of reasonable to assume that Brian and maybe even Justin has made at least one or two trips to the back room that night. Uh, but he has, like, all-night type plans for Justin, is what he says. Yep. And Justin says, didn't you get enough? Don't you get enough? And Brian's like, never enough. I know. <laughs> so Justin proposes that they take a snowboarding trip to Vermont because our girl Daphne was there with her boyfriend. <laughs> with her little fast-ass. Daphne ain't grown up. Look at her. She grew up She's traveling. So grown now, yeah, yeah, like, girl. Yeah, she's doing trips with her boo. And he's describing the place where she stayed, and Brian makes a joke about it. And Justin's like, you know, forget it. You know, I forgot Brian Kenny doesn't do romance. And Brian's like, no, I just don't need an excuse to, to fool around. Like, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> Facts. And Justin says, well, you also don't need an excuse to turn me down. Because he he's like, you know, he's seeing Daphne do these things with her boyfriend. And then we talked about last episode where the friends were doing things with their partners. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, well, you know, whatever, fine. You, that's not you. You don't do romance. But that's sad. I feel in that moment, I felt really sad for Justin, mm-hmm. you know, like he's so young and he's putting, you know, all of his love into this one guy who doesn't feel or want or is going to match, you know, what he wants or what he feels a relationship should be, you know? Yeah. They're, it seems like, yeah, they're not on the same page about mm-hmm. some things. And Justin says, you know, just admit you don't want to spend the weekend with me because that's how he, that's how he takes it. He takes Brian not wanting to go do this trip or go do this quote unquote romantic thing as you just don't want to spend time with me. And Brian says, okay, I don't want to go away with you for the weekend. Well, and Justin's like, well, now that's out in the open. Right. And so before we get to the rest of the scene, uh, so Justin initially proposed this getaway for the two of them, and he was very hopeful and happy. And then in less than two minutes, he's, you know, crushing Frown, his own yeah. dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, and Brian's not helping the situation. And it's like his expectations are one thing, but then there's the reality of what he's perceiving, and the reality is way beneath the, you <laughs> way. know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Way beneath. Uh, and I point that out to say that Justin's thermostat when it comes to their relationship has been a little finicky lately. 
you know, in 215, like he was quick to say, oh, Rage met the love of his life through right. you know, talking about him as JT. But then he's like, oh, later in the episode, he's like, well, I guess Brian doesn't love me. And so he's just mm-hmm. been like up he, and down. Well, all of he place. doesn't know. I mean, he's he's trying to figure out what's going on. Right. He he's seems... trying to find, point to something to say this is proof that Brian, yes. of how Brian feels. Exactly. What it is. And he can't pinpoint it. And I think that's fair. Yeah, it, that's I fair. think it's very fair, especially with him being this age. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he wants what he perceives to be a normal relationship. Yeah. He's investing all this time. He's trying to do everything. He, he's done everything possible to get Brian Kenny. You know, down to like and the to be whole... with him because he believes in their relationship. Exactly. And he wants to know that Brian believes in it just as much. V- facts. That's it. While we as the audience may be able to look at, at things and say, well, Justin, what about this? He did this and he did that. Mm-hmm. But we're not Justin. And I just think Justin is seeing it a lot differently now. You well, know, whether he's right or wrong, it right. doesn't matter. He's just seeing it. Well, he's growing. And like, like you said, he can note, he sees all these other people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, in, in relationships. You know, they all booed up and stuff. He can, he can use. Mel and Lindsay. He could he could have used George and Emmett. That yeah. was a quick little romance, but I mean it was fiery in that. Right. You know, and then look at Ben and Michael now. You mm-hmm. know, so he can look at those people and say, I want that. And yes, he has his man, but they don't have something concrete. Like, I mean, they actually play with others. They have like little little curfews and things. You know, you can go out and do this and that. Like, I mean, it's it's just not your typical relationship. And I don't think that I think he's outgrowing that. He wants to pin yeah, something. I think, yeah, I think he would be, he's still okay with some of that, but he's like, but I still need a touch point. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I still need something I can, for right now, for whatever reason, and we'll maybe talk about it some more later, but for right now, he's needing something that he can say, okay, here is the proof and yeah. the evidence. And this is home to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so here he is asking Brian for a weekend away, and Brian says, well, I don't need all that to be able to get some. And Justin says, okay, well, the truth is out there. But the scene's not over, and Brian says, "I don't go want to go away with you for the weekend. I want to go with you with you for the whole week." Oh, girl! Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> See this? Because at first I was mad. Yeah, I was mad. I was like, "Oh, I can't stand this man!" And then he I said, like, th- "Dude, you can sacrifice two days." Christ. I know. Like, I mean, bro, two days. You a workaholic. Stop playing. Babylon is gonna be here when you yeah. get back. Okay, like, stop playing. But when he said the whole week, like, I mean, I lit up before just, I don't think Justin even heard it. (laughs) Well, he didn't believe it at first. And he's like, you know, quit messing around. And that's when Brian gives the offer to anybody. Anybody? Anybody take me up on it? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, this is why I love this man. Yeah. And so Brian says, yeah, like, you're about to be on spring break and Brian's about to make partner. And so the timing is perfect, not just logistically, but they clearly need to get back on the same page in their relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had the birthday hustler incident last episode, <laughs> plus Flowergate, which Mm-mm. we will not get into Mm-mm. right now. So they need this reconnect. And this night at Babylon didn't didn't count. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but Justin is so happy. He jumps into Brian's arms and they have this makeout session on the hood of the Jeep. Which and, is hot, by the way. Yeah. And I'm very excited for their little trip. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Justin didn't get to take the trip that he won from the King of Babylon contest because right. of the bashing, of course. And then he didn't get to go with Brian to the white party. And so I want to see them go on vacation together. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't get to see Brian truly kick back. And I think we deserve that. Uh, we do deserve that because he's always, I mean, he's always on. On, yeah. yeah. I was like, even when yeah. he's at Babylon, he's on. Yeah, he's Being always on. Brian, Brian yeah. Kenny, you know, Brian but stuff. I just want to see Avenue. Brian. You yeah. know, like leave the Kenny off. Cause when you're Brian Kenny, that's, a, that's that aura. That's a persona, you know? Right. I just want to see him being Brian and that's 
as in Justin's boyfriend, Brian. And being you know? with a person where he can just be Brian. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that he would be able to do that on this trip with Justin. Exactly. We deserve that. We do deserve it. I demand it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Melanie is a home working and she's in bed. And Lindsay has just put Gus down for the night. And she comes in, and now she's tired. She's like, it's time to put me to sleep now. <laughs> and Melanie notices her tension and that they're both tired. And she's like, okay, I need to do something here. So she offers to give, um, she starts to give Lindsay a back massage. And uh, they have a little visitor. <laughs> Girl, for one, what grown person walks up in someone's bedroom like that? Okay, yeah. without knocking. Lita got some. Y- y'all already know how I feel about Lita. <laughs> Y'all already know I feel about Lita. You already stand in my house. What you're not gonna do is just bust up my bedroom. You know what I'm saying? While I'm getting my little, you know what I'm saying? Stuff sucked out. You know what I'm saying? You you you're not you're not gonna do that. Okay? You 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 overstepping your bounds now, girl. You trying to get a little sneaky peek? I mean, what's up? You little freak? Why why you busting you up know, my room? I I've lived with a married couple before, and I never went to their Thank bedroom. You. I avoided it like the Black Plague was created there. Like, Thank and you. even like walking through the house, I would always announce myself. Like they probably thought I was a tour guide because I was like <laughs> now approaching the kitchen. Packs. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just thought that was weird of her to do that. Like mm-hmm. I mean, Mel is on top of her, rubbing her up. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Then, boom, boom. The door opens up. Good night, guys. Uh, and her bedroom's downstairs. I mean, maybe there's only one bathroom and it's upstairs. I mean, she was coming down from the attic. That's true. But I just, you probably shouldn't pit stop by their bedroom you at don't. night. You don't. You don't do it. And girl, you could have listened to the walls. You know what I'm saying? You could have heard, what they doing in there? Uh-huh. Oh, no, I'm going to come back later. But no, she didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? She wanted to see. She wanted to let her presence be known. Okay? Yeah. And that's why I don't mess with Lita like that. Uh, well... So seeing Lita makes Lindsay start thinking about the flooring. She's like, maybe I should have picked something different. And Melanie's like, hey, how about instead of the flooring, we focus on this right here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Lindsay is tired. They both are. And so they fall asleep during the middle of their little foreplay there. They only get to about one or two play. (laughs) Gus is wearing their asses out, okay? Yeah. Gus wearing their asses out. I mean, you on top of me, and next thing I know, you're snoring on my chest? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're both, both of them. Yeah, like they both fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, they're knocked out. Crazy. So then Emmett, Ted, and Michael and uh, Brian are at the diner, and Emmett is balancing his checkbook, but it seems like he's a little bit in the red. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Ted, yeah, but Ted is a good friend, and he asks Emmett how much money he needs and hands it right over. And so what this tells us is that Emmett's coins are uh, not flowing. No. You know? He's not on the website anymore, and we haven't seen him pick up another job yet. So, right. well, maybe know. he had a little savings, but we all know Emmett liked to go shopping. Yeah, so he didn't burn, he burnt through that <laughs> savings. But you know, he can always go back and be fetch. You know, he yeah, could. he could. I think it'd be too hard to do that because of everything with George. You know? Right, absolutely. Yeah, so um, a guy walks in and he is giving Brian the eyes. And the gang already knows that he must be a satisfied customer. So <laughs> Ted asks for the details and Brian gives them. I mean, he gives them all. <laughs> yeah, okay? down to like the minutes. He's got yeah. it all, yeah, calculated. But to be honest, girl, sometimes I want to be one of Brian's tricks. Although I do not <laughs> like Brian separately other than Justin. But the way he described that, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, down to 45 minutes of rimming. Like, I mean, boy. That's a very long time. It is. I mean, that, that, that boy's nickname is Jawball, okay? He got the strongest jaw and tongue ever. Like, I mean, damn near an hour licking? Like, oh, my God. And then Brian smashed him to sleep? Okay, like, I mean, 
put him right to bed. Yeah. Okay? Knocked him out. He pounded him that hard. Knocked him all the way. Brian, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Y'all can't exchange numbers. So y'all have to just like run into each other. That's their rule. You can't exchange numbers. It, you know, we, don't, we know Brian don't do numbers and repeats. these you know, you can probably like just DM. I'm a, I'm a DM. I got you. I got yeah. you. <laughs> So Ted sees Melanie approaching and he tells them to can the sex talk. And <laughs> Michael reminds him of something Melanie and Lindsay said a few episodes back. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, they're like sex machines. They go out of like animals. And they soak the sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Melanie says, well, I would prefer not to discuss my sex life. <laughs> you know, but Brian reads between those lines and he's like, oh, someone's not getting any. Facts. <laughs> And yeah, because Melanie admits it's true, but she gives them, you know, very practical reasons. She's supporting a family. She's got a child at home. They're doing renovations. And she's like, you know, we got other things to think about because that makes her feel good to just. I <laughs> guarantee you, Lindsay went over there and told Brian everything. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee Probably. You, don't tell nobody, but um, we ain't did it in six months. <laughs> I mean, Gus is always crying. We got Lita peeping through the door and stuff. You know, like, I just don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on now. She went over there and told him everything and Brian over being missed. <laughs> I could I can see it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Ted helps her out and he says, Well, it sounds like a case of LBD, lesbian bed death. And they all offer their unrelenting and useless support. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I've never heard of that before. That's that's terrible. Yeah. Like God. Somebody dries up and just disappears. Emmy yeah. didn't have to do all that. Emmy <laughs> didn't have to do all that. Uh, so then we see Brian and he's heading to his office and Cynthia, his assistant, meets him at the elevator to prep him. And she's like, hey, he's been in, in on the phone with his attorney all day. Like, this is it. You know, this is he's about to make the announcement you're about to make make partner. And, you know, side note, I would like more Cynthia because any woman who can work with Brian and, you know, the way that she's she with she's, him, yeah, she gets him and she's straightforward with him, but she respects him. Mm-hmm. And th- But I think it's mutual. And so. I would like to see more of that, mm-hmm. of their little interaction at work. But anyway, I appreciate what little bit we got. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he steps into Ryder's office. And sure enough, there is a change coming, Ryder says. But it's not what Brian expected. Ryder sold the agency to Gardner Vance. Clearly, that is not what Brian was expecting. Mm-mm. And so he asked, well, what about me? You know, like, you gave me your word. You made me promises. And he tells him, you know, I bought in a third of all of our accounts. A lot of the profit is because of me and Ryder's just like, yeah, well, that's business. That's shady as hell because that ain't business. Because, I mean, no, you made a promise to this man. That's why you got to get everything in paper I mean, yeah. in writing. Um, you made a promise to this man. It, it wouldn't be a company to sell if it wasn't for Brian. You promised this man to make him partner. And this is how you repay him. And then you expect him to trust your word on what you right. say. Like, I promise. I give you more. You gave me your word. It ain't. It don't mean shit. Well, even he says, like, he's going to put in a good word with with Gardner Vance. But the thing is, like, that doesn't matter when it's new management, new ownership. Like, sometimes they come in with their own team, yep. with their own ideas. Mm-hmm. And what was before doesn't matter nope. anymore. Thank thank you for your opinion, but I'm going to move this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You don't call any shots here no more. Your name is not on the door anymore. Okay, next. Yeah. So, you know, Brian was sitting pretty and so sure about his role in the company and this promotion. And now none of that is guaranteed anymore. Uh, so Michael and Emmett are at the ATM and uh, Ted loaned him some money to cover his expenses. And so now Emmett is checking his funds to see where his balance is. He is supposed But to- let me just go over these expenses right quick. <laughs> Ted loaned him $100 mm-hmm. and this man paid four bills. 
Yeah. Where they do that at? <laughs> For real. $100 don't get me nothing. That don't get my cell phone bill. That part. <laughs> he said $20 on the electric. He said for the phone, too. It was electric yeah. phone and something. Like, no. Like, where, I, I need to move to Pittsburgh if that's the case. <laughs> For real. $100 can pay all your bills. Like, Lord have yeah, mercy. Like, $40 utility bill if he's got to pay half of it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. girl, crazy. Uh, so he is supposed to have $147.16, but he has $10,147.16. Emma's reaction is super tame to this. Uh, girl, I would have imme- <laughs> immediately. I mean, it, so yes, he's like shocked, blown away. Like, okay, this has got to be a mistake. Then you pull out 300 I would have been at the bank redrawing everything. <laughs> that would have been in under my mattress. like. Yeah. Everything. When, I mean, when I was in college, I worked at a bank, and we had this happen to a client, and it was like a whole big thing. Oh and so God. they got like sued, and I got all the other. So they ended up having to pay all of that money back. Oh so I'll be God. a little bit slow to pull it out, or maybe I'll pull it out, but just like not spend it for a while. Facts, but how? How are you responsible for someone depositing money into your account? I know, because if somebody just wanted to give me a little gift, like, yeah. who am I to say, no, no, I don't want that. I don't That's want your $2 million. You. That's called a blessing, okay? <laughs> yeah. Money just don't show You're up out of nowhere. You're not supposed to look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> that part, okay? That part. So, but, I mean, he was real reserved when he took 300 because it would have been more like 300000 coming out of that mud for me on that first day. You know, <laughs> they gave it to the right one. Yeah. Uh, so we see Melanie and Lindsay talking about what Ted said about the LBD, the lesbian bed death accusation. <laughs> and Lita is there in the living room with them because that's also her bedroom <laughs> for the time being. And I don't know why my mind wants that house to have more than two bedrooms, but well, it's huge. <laughs> it seems like it's yeah, huge. They have a big ass porch but, when the living yeah, room is huge. They've got like five dining room areas or living room areas. Yeah, like, yeah. But two bedrooms. Yeah, poor construction. <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, but whatever. So Lita is talking to them and she removes her shirt and there's like this breathy sound effect when she does it. No, it was the way she did. I thought <laughs> she had on an undershirt and a regular shirt. I thought she was going to pull everything. I was like, okay, this girl, you're a little bit too bold now. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the most. Yes, we're in our living room, a.k.a. your bedroom, but we're in here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, she's just like very, very comfortable. She's a little, and then her pants is all unbuttoned yeah. and stuff. Like, I mean, it was a little sexual. I was like, <laughs> girl, have yeah. some class. Like, come on, Leet. Yeah, but she tells them, you know, you guys have been together for a long time and it's very common for long-term relationships to go through hot and cold spells. And she said, your battery isn't dead. It just needs recharging. So I like she, that. Yeah, she encourages them to do something spontaneous. Because that is true. You know, right. you got to do things to keep it You got to keep, keep it spicy. spicy. Yeah, yeah, you got to break up the routine here and there. And so that's what she's encouraging them to do. But then she calls them both babes. You know, she's going up. To- <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I, I, would, what's, I would, I would fuck you both or something like that. Yeah. So- I'm like, girl. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, are you trying to bait them? Like, what are you doing? I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? You're trying to set something up. I don't trust you, Lita. I still yeah. don't trust you. After all these episodes, <laughs> I still don't trust you. So Justin is at Woody's, and he's telling Michael and Ted about the bed and breakfast that he picks out for um, him and Brian, you know, when they go to Vermont. And Justin is super happy because this is the first time he and Brian will be going away together, which is something that you would assume that they already know because he tells them it's the first time. But, you know, Brian and Justin don't share every single aspect of their relationship with the group. Mm-hmm. Although I think something as big as some time away, they might share. But I think it's just like a day or two. 
Right. Maybe not. But anyway, so when Brian comes over, Justin hands him his shot. And even though Brian makes a little sarcastic face about Justin's comment about them being away together for the first time, he doesn't try to deflect it or downplay it. So he like really wants to go. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to do this. No, yeah. no, no. He's really and truly excited about mm-hmm. it. Like, I mean, he's not like jumping well, up and down. Well, Brian's excitement is not going to look like Justin's yeah, excitement. exactly. But he definitely wants to go. If he didn't want to go, he would let it be known. Yeah. And also, he wouldn't go if he right. didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, yes, I think he's he's here for it. He definitely is here for it. And he knows he's going to make Justin's night. You know, he's going to yeah. make his week, actually. So In Practical Ted asks if it's a good idea for Brian to be going away with his company being taken over. And Brian responds by saying, they need me more than I need them. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, then Emmett shows up and he is Mr. Big Spender. He offers to buy the next round. And Ted says, is that what you plan to do with the $100 I gave you? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yes, that would be very on brand for Emmett. It would be. That's definitely <laughs> yeah. on brand for Emmett. Yeah. But Michael informs them that uh, someone accidentally deposited $10 million in Emmett's account. And Ted's like, I hope you didn't touch any of it because bank fraud is a federal offense. And yes, it is. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, and so now I was like, well, wait a minute. And he asked for that, that $100 back from Ted. <laughs> That's on brand as well. Yes, because he spends it on a Gucci belt, a yes. fabulous Gucci belt. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Brian is headed back to work and it's day one with the new owner. And when he comes in cynthia stands to the side and you can see the name has already changed on mm-hmm. the wall like it already says gardner um uh, vanguard which is a nice little play on the name gardner vance mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway Ryder has relayed um that brian is the best exec in the company because you know when brian comes in and meets uh gardner this is what he says mm-hmm. but he also relayed that brian is arrogant willful and insubordinate it's like excuse that me was Ryder. great words okay like <laughs> i mean true still excuse you right no yeah exactly i'm gonna put some words in for you okay that's why i didn't trust your punk ass okay what do <laughs> yeah. you mean you're gonna tell this man i'm arrogant and insubordinate like what the heck yeah bro because you know Ryder may say yeah these are his qualities but he's here's how they work as yes. strengths for him mm-hmm. but gardner did not take it that way no clearly. he didn't gardner says that he fired everyone else and he needs brian to tell him why he shouldn't fire him also so Brian gives his reasons, and they are very bold and direct. But Gardner is two steps ahead of him. I was feeling those reasons. I was like, yeah. get it, Brian. He was like, I, I know this company better than you do. My clients will leave with me if I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And you won't hire you know, some newbie who doesn't know what, what right. I know. You know. But yeah, Gardner is like, he cuts him off on that. He's like, nope, I studied the company. I learned it. I contacted all your clients. They said they would stay with or without you. And he says he could bring in fresh talent that would also give him loyalty, which he doubts he can get from Brian. Right. So he's giving Brian a week to prove his worth. Mm, I don't know. Mm. Well, for one, don't ever challenge. But he doesn't know who he fucking with. <laughs> for one, don't ever challenge Brian because you will lose. Okay. This man is the most competitive person ever. Period. You know, so. Although Brian has, because nobody's ever checked Brian like that before. Yeah. That just gave him the fire that he needed to come in here and just set this bitch on fire, you know? So, I mean, I was like, okay, um, Gardner Vance, okay, okay. <laughs> you got, you won the, what is it? you won the little, you the battle. You won the battle, yeah. yeah. but you ain't win the war, yeah. okay? So, yeah, this is a little round one. You got that round right there. Yeah. We're coming you back. Know, this is a super sucky position to be in, though, because it's one thing to know the quality of your work right. and the integrity of, of your work, but then... To be questioned. To know that you're, yeah, to be questioned, to know you're under a microscope, and so... 
Now you're having to perform for someone else mm-hmm. and up to their expectations and what they think you should be doing, which is a lot of times unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But that can be very frustrating and disorienting. And, you know, as I was watching that scene, like, there are times when I like to see Brian bothered, but usually that's more when it's related to Justin. I didn't know? like this. But uh, no, I didn't either. I didn't like this at all because it, it just made him, it made him look vulnerable and it mm-hmm. made him, he was very taken aback and very like, mistreated and disrespected and I just I did not like seeing that perfect words I think he was mistreated in that whole scenario yeah. mm-hmm. um, from just the the previous boss selling the company and then the things that he said about him and then the way um, Gardner came in and treated him like why should I keep you um but boy okay, why yeah. should I stay right exactly yeah <laughs> like you, he told you how good I was so why should I stay is the question period uh, you know, and then last episode, Brian was talking about how accomplishment is the only thing worth celebrating and how he values himself based on his accomplishments and his right. achievements in his career. And so to see that everything he's ac- accumulated in that arena means a whole bunch of nothing when there's a new sheriff in town. Like, mm-hmm. I think that cuts very close to the bone. Right. Also. So, but now he's got to play the song and dance game to save his spot at the company yep, that yep. he helped build and sustain. Before he can even get out the door, though, Gardner says, by the way, rumor has it that you're gay. And Brian turns around and says, well, the rumor is right. <laughs> but unless I'm... Unless I'm fucking you, it's none of your business. Yeah. And I was like, mic drop, checkmate, yeah. game set, and match. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Get about my business. Okay? Yeah. Why does it matter? Exactly. Okay? Like, why, fact, why bring that up? Yeah, what are you I doing with even, that? You know what I'm saying? I don't know who I would turn you into since you're the owner, but I need to be turning you in. You yeah. Know? March, like, right down HR. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I'm reporting him. Uh, Emmett and Ted are at the bank trying to clear Emmett of bank fraud. And the bank president or whoever comes to speak to Emmett and bring him back to his office. And Emmett goes in there. He is singing like a bird. Singing, girl. <laughs> Don't ever yeah. do no crimes with Emmett because he is straight snitching. Emmett does not have your back on not crime. Oh, he no. is snitching. Okay. Uh, the guy tells him that it wasn't a mistake. All $10 million truly belonged to him. Because George Schickel left him the money, but not only that, he left him a video as well. Girl, I love George, okay? Like, I love that man from the moment I saw him. Yeah. Okay? Like, I did. I love, you know I did. <laughs> I loved him. And then the fact that, where is my George Schickel? Yes, I want I want my young I know, Brian. I I am totally going to marry for yeah, money the first time. That part, for real, God. <laughs> I want a George. Hey, can y'all, like, DM me the websites that I need to go on to find me a George Schickel? <laughs> Please, y'all do that twice, okay? DM both you of us. You have a man. Go away. He can benefit from this, too. We can be a yeah, Brian and Justin. Don't you have an indecent proposal situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, gosh. Okay, I'll allow it. What's your stingy <laughs> saying? You trying to take all the coin. I would share a little bit. Uh-huh. So then Brian and Cynthia are doing their own research on Gardner Vance. It's like, okay, he knew everything about us. Now we need to learn something about him. We have to have something, you know, to kind of fight back. Mm-hmm. And they find out that throughout his career, very successful career as an ad exec, he was, uh, one thing he was never able to do was land the Brown Athletics account. Uh, and so we see Brian's little wheels turning, kind of. Um, he tells Cynthia he's headed out to see some of his hottest tricks. And she can't believe that he's going to the baths at a time like this. Yeah. And again, very on brand for Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is definitely on brand. But you know what? You can't you can't count Brian out. Brian right, always yeah. has some type of trick up his sleeve. Okay. Like You he, have to know and know what's important to him and how he thinks and how he works. And he's not the kind of person to just let one somebody run over him, but two, like, he knows his worth and his value. And he's like, yeah. I shouldn't have to prove it to you, but if I do I'm going to do it right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is how it's going to be done. I'm going to do it the Brian Kenny way. Yeah. And he did. 
Um, Melanie and Lindsay are trying to do something spontaneous, so they did listen to what Lita suggested. And I do think, even though she was a little questionable in some of her other stuff, I do Mm. think she gave them some good advice. She did give some good advice, but I just don't like the way she's looking and lurking. (laughs) And and this has been carrying him from the moment we met her. Yeah. Okay, like, I don't like that, but keep going. Uh, So they have checked into this pay-by-the-hour motel. Girl, it, that motel got fleas. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> when you uh, lay with dogs, you get fleas. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even walk in there with my shoes yeah, on. Uh-uh. Like, Lindsay is not filling the room, but Melanie is trying to make do. She's le- leaning into the sleaziness of it all, you know. Oh hell's no. Yeah, no, it's not not for me. <laughs> um mm-hmm. Because, like, and then first off, they are laying on the comforter, and I'm like, never do that. They rarely wash those at a nice hotel. Yo, <laughs> she, they're laying their clean heads. Yeah. On this comfort. Melanie has her shoes off yeah, walking no. on this carpet. Mm-mm. Okay, like, hell no. They could have just went in the car, in the back, in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. At one point, Lindsay rolls over her stomach with face down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know no, no, like, no. No, girl. <laughs> The hell? Uh, but for the sake of rekindling the flame, they are just going to go for it until they hear their neighbors already going for it. I don't see <laughs> nothing wrong. No, okay. I'm not going to let you sing. Oh, y'all see how she always silencing me? <laughs> but yes, they were going for it. Okay, they were going for the gold. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it distracted him. Uh, so Melanie's about to call the manager. I'm like, no, ma'am, because they're going to say, okay, and what did you expect? Yeah, like, come on now. <laughs> you know where you are. That part. Yeah. Uh, they turn the TV on for some ambient noise, and there's some straight porn, <laughs> which isn't doing it for nope. them. And they change the t- channel, and it's two women, and, like, their chests are so big. Ginormous. Screaming for a back brace. Yeah. <laughs> So Girl. now that's all I can think about. For real. And it made Mel feel a little uncomfortable. She, yeah. looked down, she looked down at her cute little little things and was like, uh-uh. Like, like those are not beast real. Things, yeah. yeah, little beast things. Uh, and that wasn't working. So they land on Lindsay's favorite cooking show. <laughs> and she always wanted to learn how to do the yeah. mandarin duck. So mm. it was perfect. Yeah. So not exactly how it was supposed to go. Only but. thing they got out of that was scabies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing they got out of that. You know they need to go bathe in rubbing alcohol now. ASAP. Yeah. Then we see Ted and Michael, and they're with Emmett, and they're watching George's video. Um, and I like that George had the the foresight to make this for Emmett. Because the thing is, you never know when your time is up, right. you know? And even if George was healthy, which we had every reason to believe he was, you always have to be vigilant and smart with legal and financial stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, when there's money involved, when there's age differences and when, because George was, I think we determined still married to Virginia. So mm-hmm. you got to be proactive about that stuff. Absolutely. But well, he, he wanted to take care of Emmett, whether he was alive or not. And he wants Emmett to be able to live life the way he wants, not just with his attitude and perspective, but he wants him to have the means and resources mm-hmm. to do whatever he wants. What I loved about it was that, that means for George to leave him that type of money, he knew that Emmett was the one. Yeah. And they hadn't been together like years, mm-hmm. but it was a genuine connection. And he knew Emmett's heart. He, he knew he, what kind of person Emmett was. He knew his heart. And I mean, it, I almost cried in that scene. Yeah. Like, I mean, I literally got a little teary eyed in that scene. I was trying to hold it together. I, I, everything about that scene was beautiful. The way George even did the video. He had a conversation. Right. You know? I love that it was conversational yeah. because he know it shows how well he they know each, each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm just gonna leave you this five minute video of me just talking and doing this and this. 
No, you made him smile. You asked questions. You knew his responses. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew what he was going to say. It was th- that conversation aspect He knew exactly of it. what Emma was going to need to hear were he ever in that situation to have to watch that video. Absolutely. And I mean, that kind of like broke me down, you know, yeah. and it made me think too, like, I have to set Brad up or something like that, you yeah. know, like, like it makes me, it made me think in real life, like, wow, that was a sweet, sweet gesture. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was beautiful. And I mean, you, you could see the emotions all over Emma's face. It was, that was such a genuine scene. Mm-hmm. It, and it almost felt so, so real. Yeah. Okay, side note, Peter Page is an incredible actor. Incredible. Like, I, just in getting to talk to him through his interview, but then, like, watching him on other, like, videos and seeing him in other shows and stuff, like, Peter Page himself is nothing at all like Emmett. And he is so incredible at bringing Emmett to life and Mm -hmm. making him 3D from what's on paper, you know? Incredible acting. Anyway, getting back to... (laughs) Big ups to you, Peter. Yes. Big ups to you. Uh, But, yeah, like you said, it's such a beautiful, beautiful moment, beautiful scene. And it's a very nice send-off for George, for us audience members, to mm-hmm. get to have that one last glimpse of him. And so that's some closure for us, because yes. Emmett got to get his, you know, at the, the porn awards. But this is this is also for him, too. But right. this is a nice closure for us as the audience, I feel like. The porn awards, it was, it was not, that wasn't closure. This was closure. This was sweet. It was intimate. You know, it wasn't for the world to see. He yeah. th- he thanked George for believing in him, you know, and, he, and all of that, or whatever the case with the award. But this was something that was intimate. It was very sweet. It was um, endearing. Yeah, that this was the closure that we we definitely needed because I loved George. Like I, re- I mean, he was just a sweet guy. Yeah, and to see I'm so em- glad that they they slipped that story. Yeah, in there. and to see Emmett bring out the best George, you know, his inner self, you know, to break down his barriers. This man was trapped in his own home, you mm-hmm. know, and he had all the resources resources in the world to do whatever he wanted to do and to be whoever he wanted to be, but he was trapped in his own home. And it took a good partner to yeah. bring it out. That's why we started out this episode with exactly. a, a good partner brings out these things yes, in you. Yeah. Absolutely. And um yeah, that's why I love that one scene right there. So Brian really did go round up some of his hottest tricks. Uh, but They're not hot. Yeah, but not for the reason Cynthia <laughs> thought. He's putting together an ad campaign pitch basically. When I and, saw them abs and everything, I was like, girl, he is at the back. I was like, ooh, okay? it's the jocks for you yes. and all the skin. I was like, I said, what I say? Ooh, my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> Knew it. Best scene. Whole, a whole episode for you. Yeah. yeah, for real. But it does look incredible. I mean, he just put this together on a whim. It looks incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like, I would buy all these products. I would, know? too. It looks so professional. It was a great eye to detail what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, he chose the perfect models. He staged There's them perfectly. There's diversity with the models. Yes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, that's why he's Brian fucking Kenny. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's why. That's uh, why you should keep me. But you know, Brian is about fun, but he's also about his business. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and Cynthia shows up with a plane ticket for Brian, uh, because he's planning to travel to Chicago to speak with Mr. Brown of Brown Athletics directly. Uh then we but she tells him that uh, you know, we there may not be a point in going because I'm told that he doesn't take, you know, spontaneous meetings. So it might be useless, you know, we'll put all this together and then we won't even get to talk to him. But Brian's not going to be deterred. No, I mean, you did all this, you might as well go that far. Yeah, I mean, all you can get like, is a no. <laughs> right, yeah, that, it'll be the same thing he got, so I'll either get a no or yeah, I Or I, I won't, you know, yeah. I either win or lose. So, I mean, I'm going. Yeah. Over at Michael and Emmett's apartment, I I love this scene. And we'll talk about why. <laughs> but uh, and I just love Emmett, too. But anyway, Emmett is handing out gifts there. Uh, George told him to use the money on whatever he wants and what makes him happy. 
and he chose to spend a huge chunk of his money on his friends. And not on just, like, stupid stuff. uh, Things that show how much he knows them and what they need and what they care about. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so he got the girls a Subaru SUV, a very reliable vehicle, but yes. it's also ranked, ranked very high among lesbians. <laughs> so, yeah, is it? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, he's he gave up. He said it was number one. Yeah. You know, in the survey, and Melody jumped for joy. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. She's like, I can confirm. Yes. <laughs> uh, he got Justin a trip to Italy to explore the museums and soak up all this art history. It's a place for him to continue to find himself and his voice as an artist, which is an amazing gift already. But he gave him two tickets. And he says, when you and Brian are in Milan. So he got him a trip for the two of them yep. because he values their relationship in just a subtle knows. way. Like, yes. In his mind, they're they're a unit. Like, they're a couple in his mind. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't have to, like, go all into, like, you're going to lure Brian with you. You have to drag him, whatever. He's like, no, it's just understood. Y'all are together. Y'all are going to take this trip mm-hmm. together. And so... I love that, the way that he sees them and respects what they are and what they have. Right. Um, well, he's always done that. Yeah, when, he, when he has. He's, he's always coupled them up. He has, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he got them this thing that they can do together. And the gift he got for Brian was uh, a certificate for, to Armani for their entire fall collection, which is a perfect gift for Brian. Because I thought he meant a suit. And when he said the entire fall, I, I got the scream. <laughs> Okay, so I want Brian Kenny to smash me, and I want Emmett to be my friend. <laughs> While okay. he's wearing the Armani. Yes, like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, where are y'all in real life? I need you. God, yeah. you buying cars and suits and trips? Like, God, I'm simple. We gotta get some better friends. I, girl, we need to upgrade, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Debbie, he got her a diamond bracelet. And the thing about this gift for Debbie is that she would never buy anything like that for herself. Never. Because Debbie's a single mom. And I was raised by a single mom, and single moms almost never get to use the, their money on things that they want. Never, yeah. never. It usually all goes to the kids or to the bills or whatever, just the demands of life and family. I mean, look, when he put it on her hand, she had on plastic bangles. Yeah, you know? yeah. And she didn't need a practical gift. Debbie didn't, because mm. she always always thinks practically. She didn't need a practical gift. She needed something that was, you know, a just because thing. Right. And he gives it to her so she can feel like a pampered princess. And Which she should. Yeah. I mean, she deserves it. She, she's literally the, group, the glue to the group. She <laughs> keeps them together. Like, because she lectures them all in different ways. You know, they all somehow end up together. They all end up at the diner with Debbie, reading them their rights in the morning or the evening, you know. Yeah. Or they end up at her house. Or maybe just her and Brian, where she's yeah. reading him his rights, you know. She keeps everybody together. She steps together. out of line sometimes or over the line sometimes, but she does try to be a mom to, right. she to does. them all, you know, for and, better or worse at times. Yeah, and but moms she does. are not perfect. Right. So she's trying to be that motherly role for all of them because I'm pretty sure they all had some fucked up childhood. Like, we know Ted <laughs> and his mom barely had a little thing, you know what I'm saying? Right. We know how Brian and his family is. And we already know Emmett only had his aunt. And then when he left, um, I don't know what part of it is, but Lexi, what was it? Was no, um, Hazelhurst. Yeah, Hazelhurst. When he left there, you know, there was no more aunt, you know, right. so. I mean, she had to step in somehow. Yeah. So for Michael, he paid the mortgage on his comic book shop for the next five years, which took some pressure off Michael because running a new business is hard. And I wouldn't he imagine. No, money? No, not a comic book shop. I wouldn't, unless you've got like celebrities or conventions or whatever coming through. <laughs> right. Like, I wouldn't imagine you're just like making millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He is not making her money. For Ted, he wanted to get him someone wonderful to spend his life with, but <laughs> instead, oh. uh, which, because he knows it's what Ted wants more than anything, what he deserves more than anything. 
But he got him uh, the next best thing. He got him two lifetime orchestra seats at the opera. That was so sweet. Yeah. And he got him two because he believes that one day Ted will find that special someone. So he got him the gift that allows him to share the thing that he loves most with the person he, he loves, loves the most. most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Emma just deserves all the good things in life. No, he does. I mean, <laughs> let's all clap it up for Emma right now. Like, yeah. I mean, Emma, you did that, okay? Yeah. And so they ask, well, what about you? And he says, well, it's better to give than to receive, except in bed. Facts. <laughs> Let them know, Emmett. Let them know. But he did get himself a very nice coat. We're going to call it faux fur because we don't want to offend yeah. people and we, we don't yeah. know. It was faux fur. <laughs> yeah. Okay? He, he didn't have on any minks or any chinchillas. Yeah, this was, just, this was faux fur and let's yes, move on. That's him. That was it. <laughs> Uh, so Lindsay is going, uh, this is nighttime, and Lindsay's going downstairs for a late night snack, and it turns out that Lita had the same idea, and Lindsay says, oh, I thought you would be out on the town, but Lita tells her all the women are at home with their wives getting it on, and so Lita asks her how things are going with her and Melanie, and Lindsay tells her about the motel fiasco, and Lita just laughs it off, she's like, oh, well, if I were with you guys, I would have done the dozen, dozen, and... Okay, aside, you don't I, say no shit like I that. I do like Lita, but I'm like, they're in a relationship and they have not done anything to make it known that they're in an open relationship. Yeah. So I just. <laughs> if my best friend was saying things like that to my partner, yeah. when I wasn't around, I would have We're issues. not going to be best friends no more. <laughs> We're not. We're not. I, I, I would feel a certain type of way. Like, yes, I'm glad you were latching on to my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I am happy. Like, thank you for making a connection. But don't thank make... you for the flattery, but. <laughs> don't make that connection. Okay, because that's that's not the right one. That, that, that's not it. I would have done the dirty. Da, da. No, we we would not have because I, we wouldn't want you. Okay, we we would. No, we could have, yes. but not you. Please, okay. That's what I'm saying. Lita, overstepping, girl. <laughs> so Lindsay chokes on her little sandwich, and uh, Lita notices her her tenseness, and she gives her a massage, and. Uh, this is like a, a pretty involved massage. <laughs> you know, they, I think Lita's being friendly and Lita has a flirty personality. She's kind of like Brian in that way. She does have a fir- flirty personality, but I still think you should be a little bit. They're not there though. Yeah. Like you, we're not there yet. Like you can't be flirty and all this shit when we aren't there yet. Like we all, it's no secret. <laughs> Lindsay don't even fuck with her like that. Right. Like, it is no secret. Do not, don't do all that. You know, like, it was extra to me. Yeah, well, Melanie comes downstairs and sees it, and she is not very happy with what she sees. And it's unclear if she's more upset with Lita or with Lindsay. But... I would be mad at Lindsay because she was entertaining. And some... She had a look. She was sn- <laughs> giggling and sniggling like, yeah. girl. Laid out all loose. <laughs> Laid out know? all loose. And normally yeah. you're too tired to do something, but you over here letting her rub on you and caress on you, you know? Yeah. Talking about sphincters and stuff. Get out of here. Girl. <laughs> Um, she ain't even get none of them groceries. <laughs> okay, not one bite. Okay. Uh, Justin is back at the loft, and he's telling Brian all about Emmett's generosity. And Brian's listening, but he's packing. And Justin tells him he got me a trip to Italy to see the Masters. He got you this whole Armani collection. And Brian's just kind of deflecting everything that Justin is saying. But Justin finally clues in on what Brian is actually packing. He's like, why are you bringing a tie to go snowboarding? And Brian says, well, I'm not going snowboarding. I'm going to Chicago. Now, see, this should have been a conversation. That's what I'm saying. Brian does not communicate well. No, he doesn't. And I get why Brian might have put it off because he is like, 
it is what it is. I have to go do this. I know Justin's going to be upset, but still, at the end of the day, it is what it is. That's I don't have terrible. A choice. But it's just like, you know, what if Justin would have gone out on the town with Emmett in his new coat and missed Brian leaving? Like, was Brian going to leave a note? Right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. How was he supposed to find out that, okay, now we're not going to Vermont. You're going to Chicago. Yeah, you don't do that the day of, okay? Like, you just don't do that the day of. You Like, knew- the minute of, too. Like, he yeah. was actively getting ready to walk out the door. Walking out the door. <laughs> Who books a flight that quickly? Cynthia. You know like, she's I mean, bomb assistant. I see. Okay, Cynthia, call me, girl, too. Okay, I want the whole cast. Call yeah. me. Um, but no, you communicate that when you have a trip planned with your boyfriend, you communicate that and don't be act like, oh, blase, 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 die. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, okay, I got to do it. It's going to happen. Like, and then he just throw it up in his face. If I don't go on a trip, I don't have a job. It pays for, um, your, your school, you know, yeah. it pays for this loft. It pays for this and this and that. Okay. Nobody so, has to do that. Yeah. I was like, no, baby, what is you doing? No, no, don't do that. I know. But so Justin says, because Brian says, I'm going to Chicago. And Justin says, well, what is in Chicago? And Brian says, my new account. So he has not told Justin anything about what's happening with, it doesn't seem like he's told him anything about what's happening with his own job. Like maybe he told right. him about the new owner or whatever, but it just seems like there's been a gap in communication. Well, why would he tell Michael though? And not just... Yeah, well, I guess... See, they all knew that there was going to be a new owner because at at Woody's, Ted said, hey, should you be going on a trip when you've got this new owner coming mm-hmm. in? So they know that part, but I just... I feel like there was a drop somewhere yeah. in communication. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Justin says, hey, you can't go to Chicago because we're going to Vermont. Like, how are you going to go to Chicago when we're going to Vermont tomorrow? And Brian walks over to him and he's like, hey, some other time. And... Brian says three words, but he wants them to mean 50 words. But, like, right. <laughs> you know, because he, he walks over, you know, right in front of him. is like, hey, some other time. Like, it's not that I don't want to. I just can't right now. Like, we can do it some other time. But Justin's at a place, unfortunately, where he needs more words than, than those three. And so Justin says, you promised. And you have to keep in mind that Justin did not believe Brian when he first said yes to this, you know? Right. Um, so not only do I want to go, but I want to extend the trip. He did not believe him at first, but Brian convinced him that he meant it. And so he let Justin get his hopes up. Now, Brian's not responsible for what happened. And so we'll talk about it from Brian's perspective also, but this is what's going on in Justin's head. It's like, I suggested this. You made me think that you really wanted to go. And now you're just like, oh, nope, gotta go to Chicago. I mean, Brian is never going to explain himself like that anyway. So, I mean, I feel like what he did was on brand. Right. (laughs) Like, I mean, he wasn't going to explain himself. And also, I mean, I do feel bad for Justin. But at the same time, I kind of stand with Brian. Like, listen, bro, this is important. Like, literally, my job is at stake. You know what happened. We got a brand new owner. I didn't make partner like I wanted to. You sleep next to me. You could probably feel the tense, how tense I am. You know, like, I'm stressed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, Brian's like, hey, it's just business. And I I do get what Brian is trying to convey here. But I just, Justin's needing more than just, like, two words or three words, you know? And so Justin's like, you know, forget business. Yeah. <laughs> and Brian says, well, no, this this is my business. It, pay, it pays for this it loss. Pays it pays for trips to Vermont. It pays for your tuition. And I don't think those are intended to be shots necessarily. They're just facts. You those know? were facts. Yeah. But it does. But, but don't say them. <laughs> yeah. Well, all that creates pressure on Brian because this isn't just about his career. That's a part of it. But is it just about that? Like, this is about his own livelihood and by extension, Justin's. Yeah. You know? But. The way he says it, there was a time there was a time when Justin could have translated and interpreted that better. Not in this moment. But no, nah, we're not there right now. Mm-mm. You know? 
And he, so he's what he's saying is, if I don't go, I will lose my job. Right. And then we're asked out, boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Brian knows how important this is. Uh, because everything that he's already done in his career was not enough to convince Gardner that he deserved his job. And Gardner made that comment about him being gay. And so it's unclear if he's a homophobe, but he made it clear to Brian that I've got that card in my hand. Yeah. You know? That's extra pressure. Yeah. And so Brian has to go to these extremes if he wants to keep his job. I had a job that was that way one time where it was like, when they say jump, my only response could be how uh-huh. high. Ooh. Yeah. And unfortunately, I was in a position where I had to have the job. And so... You know, I just had to deal with it until I got to where that wasn't, you know, I didn't have to put up with that anymore. But yeah, it's awful. And, you know, so Brian went from being a top dog in his company to being a very small fish in his own pond. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I know why he has to make this trip. But the conversation that they had was not very constructive or helpful. (laughs) I will say that. And then on the other side of it with Justin is like, Justin has a job, but he doesn't have a career yet. And so I don't think he's seeing it the way that Brian does. Like, in their times when the inequality of their life experience can be a bit detrimental or a hurdle in their relationship. Yeah, you know? yeah it can be overcome, but you have to have conversation and consideration. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really extended here. <laughs> they were both kind of lacking on the consideration part uh, because Brian could have given more detail, but Justin could have also noticed the change in Brian's demeanor and also his verbiage because he went from they need me more than I need them to, if I don't go to Chicago, I will be unemployed. Absolutely. No, seriously. Oh, my God. I didn't even pick that up. But you're so right. Yeah, he went from that cocky big shot to like, yo, this is a must. I have to go. Yeah. And, uh, and Brian, at this stage in the game, Brian doesn't intentionally try to hurt Justin. No. Uh-uh. I mean, He did in season one, but yeah, now not but, anymore. Well, not at this stage in no. the game. So, I mean, I just wish Justin had a little more compassion for Brian in this moment. Yeah. This, but this is what happens when you don't communicate clearly. People come to their own conclusions, you know. Mm-hmm. So Justin sees this as you just don't want to spend time with me, and Brian sees it as just you're not even trying to understand. Right. You know, I gotta go do what I gotta go do. But you know, I felt, and I'll say this here, and I'll probably say it again. But the thing about effective communication is message sent, message received, action taken, and that they're not effectively communicating right, right here. So then we see Melanie, and she goes to speak to Lita in the attic because she needs to follow up with her after what she saw on the couch the night before. <laughs> yeah. And, My, but in the attic, Lita is making some good progress up there. I mean... Lita they, killing yeah, it. Yeah, where they had it before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Melanie is coming up there to pump the brakes after, you know, the little episode the night before. But that ain't cool, though. No. It ain't cool because why is it cool now that Lindsay gets some attention from the friend... <laughs> Now it's an issue you want to kick her ass out. Yeah. But when she first popped up on the scene and Lindsay felt a certain type of way, it was, oh, baby, don't be like that. Yeah. Let's go be um, dykes on bikes, okay? Like, all that. Like, yeah. come on now, girl. No. <laughs> I don't like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Don't like that. But Lita tells her, you know, it's just a friendly massage. And they just do friends different than what I'm used to. Yeah, but, I don't have them type friends. Yeah, but Melanie says, you know, when I massage her, she falls asleep. But when you do it, she purrs. And so Melanie's a little jealous and possessive. Which, I kind of <laughs> like that, though. Yeah. which Mel- We've seen that come out of Melanie, you know, quite a bit. Usually around Brian, but uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But she saw the female Brian. Get her. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So maybe that, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but Lindsay reminds Melanie that she is the one who invited her to move in. And Melanie's like, yeah, I know that. But now I'm asking you to leave. 
<laughs> Melanie is gone. Like, we will protect this house. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. It's time for you to go, boo. It was a good run. Yeah. Thank you for what you did. Yeah, but, but I need uh... my couch back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we see Justin, and he is with Michael, and they are presumably working on Rage. And so this might be an unpopular opinion. I like that they're getting along, but I don't think I want them hanging out together unsupervised. While Very Justin, unpopular yeah, opinion. Yeah, while Justin is going through what he's going through. <laughs> okay, well, when I should let you finish. I interrupted you. Yes, I agree. I do not like when Michael and Justin are alone because Michael does not give the best advice. No, and, so, and Justin doesn't know better no, now. No, he's too like, young. He knew better at a time. Okay, so we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, so they're enjoying some Captain Crunch and Michael wants to share some of his fantasies, but I like Justin's line, like, I usually don't do kink on an empty stomach. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Uh, but Michael's fantasy is to see Rage on a cereal box, preferably Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. Yeah, mm. it could happen. Anything is possible. Um, and Justin says, "Yeah, except Brian actually spending Brian and I actually spending any time together because that has been lacking lately." Like, I mean, I know I they both it. go back to the loft by three every night, but they, that is lacking with them. You it know? is, but that's not what Justin wants. He doesn't want just like we fall into bed at the same time together. Yeah, yeah. I'm like no, mm-hmm. that's not a relationship. I mean, you can say Justin's being needing, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with needing no. some devoted quality time with your partner. Not at all. You know, it might not have to look a certain way or like this traditionally romantic way, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, with needing or wanting that. Um, but Michael says, I'm sure he would have rather gone with you, but he had no choice. And Michael is right, but Brian should have been the one telling him. That's that. what I said. Why did he tell Michael? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Like Michael, no, he has no choice. Justin just found out he had no choice. Yeah. And Justin says, well, do you always defend him? And Michael's like, well, look, if he doesn't make it now, he never will. You know, there's all these young guys are always coming up behind him. Like he's now is his shot to to make it. Justin, I mean, Michael was right in in all of what he's saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of what he's saying is is right. Um, And Justin says, well, hey, he's already made it. He has this great love. He's successful. He has money. Like what else does he, what else could he want? And I think Justin just like doesn't, understand where Brian's coming from. But anyway, Michael says he wants to be the best. So there's like a little misalignment with Brian and Justin mm-hmm. right here because some people are very satisfied with doing their own personal best, even if it forever goes unnoticed. There's like, I know I'm working hard. I'm doing my best or I'm giving what I want to give to it. And even if nobody else sees it or if I never, whatever, you know, rise to whatever level of success, I, I don't really care. But other people want to win and conquer in very public arenas. Like, they want to be the best at everything that they do, mm-hmm. you know? It's not enough to do their personal best. Like, they want to be the absolute best. And both ways are fine. You know, some people are, fall somewhere in between, in the middle. All that's fine. But when you're the more laid-back person, behind-the-scenes person, and you're paired with someone who has that need to be the best, sometimes you don't see eye-to-eye on things. Mm-hmm. And so they might make choices or sacrifices that you don't really understand just because they're wired different than you. Right. And so all that is totally fine when you can keep it in perspective uh, and when you can find some assurance that it's not personal and it's not about me and I shouldn't make it about something that it's not. I guess so. A way, I guess the way to say it is like if you can find a compromise and so like, OK, five nights a week, you can work till midnight. Right. But two nights a week, I want you to come home at a decent time. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then if I'm the person who. I clock out at five and I'm done with work for a day. I'm like, that's all they're getting from me. Right. And I have to be understanding and say, 
But I understand that you might not be able to mm-hmm. be satisfied with you clocking on at five. <laughs> you know, you need those other those other hours. Right. But still, we've agreed, like, this is going to be our compromise or whatever. And I think if they ever came together, they, they're good at making these compromises. Yeah. I think when there's communication, consideration, and then compromise, it can all be okay. But right. they're not hitting all those Mm-mm. all those points. They're not even communicating. No. Uh, well, Michael says, uh, well, Michael is trying to get Justin to see Brian's side in all of this. And but I think Michael should have exited this conversation a few sentences ago. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, at this point, he's still doing well. It's until Justin pleads his heart out for what exactly what he yeah, wants. Yeah. Is why I'm like, Michael, shut the hell yeah, up. Yeah. Because Justin says, "Oh, well, what about me? Where do I come in? Like, where do I fit into all of this? Like, I don't want to have to wait for him to go chase all of that stuff and then say, oh yeah, Justin, you're still here.'" And so that's why I don't want them talking unsupervised. Because, you know, Ben or even Debbie might have been able to help bring in some perspective. Yes, absolutely. But Michael can't do that. He, all he can do is, like, smack on his Captain Crunch. And it's not his fault. He's just, He's like know, a child, though. It's just, he's wired to automatically defend Brian. And he's always going to be Team Brian in any conversation that he has with Justin. You know, right? he just can't help it. That's just what it's going to be. Uh, but Justin says, I want a boyfriend who only wants to be with me, who wants to stay home every once in a while, and, you know, who can get, who gets jealous when he sees me with another guy. And Michael has a smile on his face like, oh, you should know better. And he's like, that's not Brian. It never will be. Girl. Michael, no, be quiet. That's when I was like, <laughs> shut the hell up. Oh, my yeah. God. What are you doing? Like, yeah, no. not the right response. I want to, like, knock that spoon out of his hand. Because yeah. even if there's some truth to what he's saying... It's only like surface level truth, you know. Also, Brian never gives um, Michael the whole side of him. So right, exactly. Michael doesn't even know that to be true. I mean, yeah. yes, to your ass, that's how he did you. And then these, but Brian, Brian's never had a boyfriend. Yeah. So no, okay, you, you don't even <laughs> you don't even have the right to even. He should have just that. said, mm, you know, you should talk to Brian about this. Absolutely, <laughs> you know. And I just want to like whop Justin over the head for even going to talk to Michael about his relationship. He should know better. He knows the history. Yeah. Well, and Michael was trying to be a listening ear, but that's just not gonna that's just not gonna work out. Like, because Michael is different. Like, you look at how Michael sees their relationship versus how Emmett sees their relationship, and. I don't think you don't lose your individuality when you're in a relationship. That's not what I'm saying, but sometimes you have friends that they really respect you guys as a unit and as mm-hmm. as individuals, yes, but as a unit also. And so Emmett does that, but I don't know that Michael's there yet. Right. The couple I love to listen um, to give um, Justin advice is Mel and Lindsay. I think they they always when they're not being pushy. Well, yeah, when they're not, yeah, but I feel like they always give him the really best advice, and he's he feels comfortable. Telling them everything, you know, and um, I like I like what they do for him. I think it's because they see Justin as Justin, and mm-hmm. so they're giving him advice advice as though we're speaking to to our friend who we love, Justin. Right. And so I think that that's one of the key differences, you know, like Michael's right, right, ready right. thing is to automatically defend or try to explain Brian, mm-hmm. but they're just like we're speaking to Justin, you know. So the other thing is like Michael, I think you said this earlier, Michael doesn't know every every single thing about Brian, but he spent all of season one telling Justin and anybody with ears that he did. And so now a stronger Justin back in season one would take Michael's words with a grain of salt, but this isn't the strongest version of Justin that no. we've seen. Mm-mm. So I think that's why Justin is now talking, taking what Michael says on board. You know, he's right. being more affected by it. Because even in that episode when Justin says well, why am I at the loft? Why am I here? And Michael's like, oh, it's because you took a bat to the head. <laughs> you yeah, know, and it's like, yeah, and Justin should should have known better, but he just, 
wasn't in that same place, you know. And also with Michael now, um, Justin's guard is down. They're actually yeah. for- forming some right. type of bond. Right, and so he's trusting yeah, his uh-huh, opinion and his mm-hmm. input more, yeah. Because they're working together every mm-hmm. day creating, you know. Yeah. So, he, you know, when you're around someone so so much, you know, you let your guard down. You let them in and you take um, their opinions. You ask them for their opinions and you take it seriously. Right. And um, that's what he's doing, but he's talking to the wrong one. Yeah, but and you go seek out that, like, out outside validation when right. you're not anchored on a solid foundation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when you don't, when you're not sure about who you are within yourself and who you are to the person you're with and where you stand with them. It's a lot harder to read between the lines and in the margins and in the footnotes and, you know, <laughs> all that stuff that Justin had to do in season one. Like right. that's hard for him to do right now because he's so focused on his own right. stuff. But yeah. So uh, going by what Michael said, it seems like what Justin is now wanting is not what Brian offers. And so Justin kind of has to decide what to do with that. I don't like that. I don't either. Yeah, I don't, mm, I don't like that at all. Uh, see, they cannot talk unsupervised ever again. Ever. Okay, because <laughs> yeah. I was like, Michael, if you break this up, I swear to God yeah. I'm coming through this TV Coming on for you, yeah. Uh, so Brian is in Chicago to see Mr. Brown, and uh, his assistant is blocking that door like an NBA player. I mean, I'm <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. Uh, Brian whips out an image from the campaign he wants to pitch because, of course, the guy is gay. And so that gets his attention. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the copy room to uh, make some uh, copies. Oh, hells yes. I want my <laughs> copy, okay? Legs up over the shoulders. Brian getting his pump on. He's giving him the Brian Kenny twirl, okay? No. I was here for it, okay? I was like, get him and get in that back room, okay, where Mr. Brown is. You know... I have to say this, and I might cut it, but I just, like, I know what's going on in this scene has nothing to do with Brian's relationship and nothing to do with Justin. But coming right off the back of that scene where Justin's, like... Pouring his heart out. Pouring his heart out and, like, really want to spend time with Brian. It's like, I don't know what's going on in our relationship. I don't feel as confident in it anymore. I want it, but I don't know what's going on with it. And, and then, then Brian's, got like... Got somebody's legs up in the air. Yeah. But I will say, <laughs> do not cut this, and I will say... That Brian, he had to use what he got, you know, use what he had to get what he needed. Right. Okay? Yeah. So I, I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get it. And I don't fault Brian for it because I know that it has, n- like, Brian has very clear lines and boundaries and walls between this type of stuff, what he's doing with this random guy that he's not right. going to see often. I mean, mm-hmm. Leo Brown's potentially going to be a client. Uh, and so he might see him occasionally, but. It's never going to happen again. Yeah, it, and so I know there's a very clear wall and separation. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so Brian does manage to get some intel from the guy. He finds out that Mr. Brown eats lunch at the Harvard Club. And so Brian rolls up on him. <laughs> um, that's that cockiness they were yeah, talking about. That arrogance. That's that arrogant, insubordinate, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, and Mr. Brown said he told his assistant to tell Brian that he wasn't interested, that he wasn't available. And but something got into the something got into the assistant. Yeah, I wonder what got into him. <laughs> had him giving up all the goods all in the more goods. ways than one. <laughs> Brian had them groceries. He went grocery shop and got them all. <laughs> so Brian makes his pitch right there over lunch, and he says we appeal to the women and the new gay market. And Mr. Brown is a man about his money, so champagne is in order. Yeah, I mean, listen, he doesn't care the market. He wants the coins, okay? And what Brian delivered was something that was fire, hot, and innovative. You know, so, yeah, I'm on board, too. (laughs) 
Uh, over at the diner, Michael and Ted are enjoying a meal, and Debbie is dripping in ice. Oh, <laughs> drip, drip. Got her bracelet out for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. And Emmett comes in to join them, and he was out shopping, but he got a bit disenchanted with it all. And uh, he says, you know, he got gifts for everyone, including himself, but he didn't get anything for George. He started thinking about that. And he wants to honor George's memory um, in some way. And so he wants to use some of his money to fund the George Schickle Home for Gay and Lesbian Youth. That is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this is why Emmett is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Why he's a great, great, great human being. I mean, who? no one else would have used that money for that. Right. And, no. you know, Debbie says George knew what he was doing when he gave that money yep. to you. And that's exactly right. Because he knew Emmett would use it. He he wanted him to use it in a way that makes made him happy, but he knows what makes him happy. It was it's giving to providing, others, yeah, mm-hmm. giving to others and being a light for other people. You know, doing things that that matter for people in the long run. So, and he knew Emmett wasn't about money anyway. When he found out it was George Shickle, he tried to throw money money at him in the beginning, and he mm-hmm. was like, "I can't be bought. I'm not a prostitute. I'm not this and that." He knew it was never about the money with Emmett. Period. So. Giving him that type of money was never going to change who he right. was. Like, he he knew that Emmett was so grounded that he knew, you know what I'm saying, how to spread the love around with this. Yeah. So, a process server shows up at the diner with an official document for Mr. Emmett Honeycutt. And Ted reads over it, and it says that the Schickel family is contesting Emmett's inheritance, and mm. they froze his accounts. And this, again, goes back to what Debbie says. Like, he knew what he was doing and giving you that money because he knew you would do something good. But then here's his family, and they just want the money. They just want the <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah, uh-huh. They just mm-hmm. want the money. They're not interested in doing anything good with it at all. They just want the money. Uh, So we see Lindsay, and she is having a, a very intense conversation with Melanie <laughs> because she finds out that Melanie asked Lita to leave. And uh, Melanie is thinking that maybe things cooled down between them because they've heated up between Lindsay and Lita. And that's not necessarily the case. She's just kind of scapegoating here. But in Melanie's mind, it makes sense. In this conversation, they both admit that they find her, find Lita attractive. Hell, to be honest, I find Lita attractive. She's a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. I think she got some messy ways, but she's a, yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, I don't woman. think that she is intentionally being messy, but I'm just like, I, she's not oblivious, but I'm just like, you probably should have checked what the boundaries were. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Lita overhears this on her way out, and so she steps in to say goodbye and to apologize for any grief that she may have caused. Girl, she didn't overhear <laughs> shit. She was lurking again. Okay. Yeah. Ear to the door, yeah. to the wall. She had a glass cup and everything. I heard, I saw her <laughs> leaning up against the wall, listening for every word. Melanie and Lindsay don't want her to leave on a bad note. And so Lita's like, you know, that's right. Like, let's all kiss and make up. And so she gives both of them a kiss. And well, she gives Melanie a kiss. And then she gives Lindsay a kiss. And at first, Melanie's like, hold up. But then things suddenly shift. I knew it. <laughs> I knew she was trying to bait them into a threesome. I called it from the moment she walked up those. St- I was like, somewhere up with this girl. Like she, she's baiting them. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew it. She did that. Yeah. She did that. Okay. They wanted something spicy. They did want something spicy. Okay. Well, she gave them the whole jalapeno girl. Yeah. Like I mean, she gave them every- <laughs> the ghost pepper. She gave them everything. I mean, she kissed one, kissed the other, then put their lips together, had a finger in Lindsay's mouth while she was kissing on me. Did you see that? Yeah, I'm sorry. She had a finger in Lindsay's Lita, you a bad girl. That's the female <laughs> Brian right there. Yeah. But I feel like she was I feel like she was respectful of both of them in that moment. It's just like, okay, you know, waited for them to 
invite her into it and like, okay, what part do you want me to play? She started it. it. She didn't wait. <laughs> she invited them into it. Let's, let's be for real. Okay. Okay. Let's be for real. Okay. She invited them into it and they were here for it because they both wanted a taste. Yeah. So, they bit. did. You know, Melanie wanted that old thing back. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, then we see Brian. He shows up in Gardner's office with uh, an expense report and a new client, Mr. Leo Brown of Brown Athletics. Come through. Yeah. Okay. Money, please. Promotion, please. Thank you. <laughs> and mic drop again. This is why you keep me. Yeah. Because uh, Gardner has been after him for years. And he asks Brian, well, how did you, how'd you get him? And Brian's like, I did my homework. Uh, Mr. Brown signed the contract, but with one contingency. <laughs> uh, so Brian returns to the loft and he comes in he's like hey sunshine come congratulate me your partner just made partner I was like yay yes and so we're gonna get into this scene but a couple of things first so what we saw and what I commented about earlier what we saw was Brian in kill mode you know it was like he did what he had to do to get things done to secure the bag you know And but then after that was done he came home to Justin mm, to Justin the, yeah I think that's important um, and so we're going to talk about his marvelous entrance, but also excuse you because if I'm just something and we did not leave off in a good place, no, not <laughs> you at know? All. but he came home with champagne. He came home yeah. happy mm-hmm. and he was ready to go. And also yeah. he's only gone for a day if that, so they still could catch a trip. Right. You know, um, you know, cause Brian worked on this, this campaign and winning this account and he sacrificed and did risk a lot. You know, he went on that flight not knowing if the man would even see him. He sacrificed that trip with to Vermont, knowing that I was going to upset Justin. There was a whole lot that went into this, and so he's very happy that it that it worked out, that he was successful in it. Uh, and so he probably stopped on his way home and picked up this bottle of bubbly to celebrate with Justin. Mm-hmm. And he called himself Justin's partner. Yeah. And okay, maybe he was just saying it for the play on words, but I mean, when you're talking to Justin Taylor and you use that label, Justin's not yeah. easily going to forget that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not going to forget it. Yeah. So I give him a 10 out of 10 on his entrance. But if I'm Justin, I'm going to subtract a few points because I was still (laughs) upset with you before you left. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. But anyway, Justin is not there. um, So he didn't get to hear any of that. And he also doesn't know that Brian was at least thinking about the flowers in the last episode. But we won't Mm -hmm. go there. (laughs) Not yet. Anyway, so he's just like, okay, the loft is empty. Well, then we see Ted, Emmett, and Michael, and they're heading to Babylon, um, but with Emmett in a little financial pickle. So he needs to borrow $10 from Ted, how the mighty have fallen. Financial pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I got to get in my dad jokes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh, I feel so bad for Emmett. But you know what, Emmett, he's like, forget the money. You know, I mean, he didn't say those words, but I mean, his spirits are still high, you know? Like, yeah. he has not stopped living. Like, he knew for, now he got closure on George. George loved him. George loved him this much where he was going to give him this. He was able to still give his friends these gifts and things, even if they may get repossessed. We don't know. I mean, do they get repossessed? We don't know. But anyway, um, he was able to do this for his friends. And then he still had a vision of, you know, if he gets to keep the money, he's going to create this center for the youth, you know. And now he's with his friends, who is his family. His, yeah. You can't bring him down. Right. He's looking sharp, too, looking all fierce in his pink <laughs> faux fair. Uh, right. Fur, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, looking good going into the club. So yeah. I'm here for him. Uh, so Brian joins them on the steps outside of the club, and he's looking for Justin. He's giddy and super excited. He's, like, bouncing on the balls of his feet. And uh, the guys are looking at him when he lost his mind, when he's like, where's Justin? And he's like, where is where is he? I got big news. And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> you know? 
But Ryan's so cute trying to keep his secret in. You're right, so right. excited. And Michael's like, he went to Vermont. And they're saying this like, you know this, dude. And Emma's like, yeah, snowboarding. And Brian thinks they're messing with him because he right. kind of laughs it off at first. But then he realizes, oh, no, they're not joking. So he plays, his off, plays it off with this attempt at nonchalance. And I love his face in this scene because he's so quickly trying to, like, school it back yeah, together. Yeah, he you regrouped know? He's quick. very shocked and, mm-hmm. you know, not sure what to do with what they're telling him. But he, like, quickly tries to pull it back together. But you see just the whole gamut of emotions that he goes through really quickly there. And then Brian asks, alone? And there's a little bit of a crack in his voice and his face there. Mm-hmm. And Michael's like, yeah, he went alone. Um, and so Brian pulls out the cigarette. And I think it's to distract them, right. <laughs> you know? And also to get his nerves back together. Exactly. Because he's like, okay, we were supposed to do that together. Justin knew I had to cancel. But he went anyway, right. and it's like... Well, Brian shook. No one has ever yeah, done this. Like, mm-hmm. no one has stood up to him or was like, you know what? I don't need you. I'm going to go on my own. It's always, well, what can we do for Brian? Okay, Brian said we couldn't do it, so we're not going to go. Justin's like, no, I'm Justin Taylor. Right. I want to no, do this. No, I wanted to go, yeah. and so I'm going. Even I'm have to going. go by myself. With yeah. or without you. Yeah. And well, we have never seen Brian shook like that before Yeah. Either. Well, Ted asks him, well, what's the big news? And Brian says nothing. And like, oh, excuse me. He wanted Justin to be the first person that he shared that yep. that truth with because of what all went into it, you know? Um, and so early in this episode, he went into great detail explaining his sexual exploits with that guy from the diner, you know? Mm-hmm. And he always brags around the gang. Like, he he lives to brag around them about nearly everything. But this is something that he wanted to be between him and Justin first. And so he didn't right. take advantage of the opportunity to say, like, look what I went and did, you know? He wanted to share this with Justin first because he knows they both had to do some sacrificing to make this happen. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, Brian doesn't share his big, exciting news with his friends. I mean, he doesn't even say to go to the club. So that tells you how shook he is. Yeah. You know? Like, he just immediately, he leaves before they can see too many emotions on his face. Mm-hmm. And as he's walking away, he looks back at them. and you, you can tell he's not happy with what they told him. I think he can't even really believe it. But it's just like, that is not at all how he expected things to go down because he was thinking Justin was still going to be here. He was mm-hmm. going to understand and he was going to be here. I didn't have to explain it to him or give him the long version or ask his permission or whatever. He was just going to be here. And that was not the it case. It was an eye opener for him. Like, hey, we're not always just going to be here for you. We're not always right. going to be waiting for you. We all have other lives. Like, if you're not going to make me a priority, I'm going to make myself one. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, I think it was a wake up call for him. Yeah, I think so. I love the the shift at the end of the scene when Brian is walking away. So, okay, first let me say, <laughs> we streamed this one. We never usually stream it. We always watch from DVDs. We will never again stream an episode <laughs> because the music is so different. And I really didn't pick it up until this last scene. Yes, <laughs> But anyway, uh, so I do love the shift in the music and the speed of the scene as Brian walks off trying to put that mask of indifference on because at first his shoulders are kind of slumped and he's walking kind of slow and he's taking this all in and just like, okay, this has happened. What do I think about it? How do I feel about this? What am I going to do about this? And then he finally gets that mask of indifference together when good old fashioned lover boy by queen is supposed to play. Uh (laughs) And that is one of my favorite queen songs. And I've said before that a Freddie Mercury obsession is what led me back to Chris Mm -hmm. a few years ago. But anyway, so, yeah, Brian's walking away, and then when he gets to that point when that music start, starts playing, it's like, oh, everything's fine. You know, he's got a cigarette, he's walking faster, and his mm-hmm. head's up, and he's just like, oh, you know, I'm just going off into the night. 
But yeah, so that's how the episode ends. And I just don't like the state of things between the two of them right now. Yeah, I don't like being in limbo. I don't. Yeah, I know they can get this back together. Yeah, I hope so. The best thing for Brian to do is literally, bruh. Vermont isn't even far from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Go there and get your man. You know he's yeah, going to be Yeah, because in. now he made partner. You just you just secured this very big client for this firm. Yeah. You can just call Gardner and be like, yo, look, I already had this plan. I'm out. Yeah, like I did <laughs> what know? I needed to do. I'm gone. Okay, I just need, yeah. I need six days because I would have gave you one. So. Yeah, so... I don't know. Mm. Like, uh, I don't like, I don't like being on the rocks like that. I don't, I don't like it at all. Okay, you made a comment that we have to talk about for just like a minute before we, before we. What is it? Because somebody has asked about this. Oh. There's a person, they're like, I just really, really, really want Ken to love Brian. (laughs) And I told them, I was like, look, he does. It's just a complicated relationship. Yeah. Like a family member that you have Mm -hmm. who like can annoy the crap out of you, but you still love them. True. I love Brian. Actually, to be honest, I love the whole clique because. Yeah. Brian, he doesn't show his emotions, you know, like the other show. But we all know deep down inside, Brian cares for them all. He will sacrifice anything to make sure that they're all good, whether that's Emmett, Ted, Michael, or Justin, you know, Debbie Hale. I mean, I think he will sacrifice anything to make sure that they're all good. He doesn't show it in the way that you would want him to show it because that's Brian. He's not going to be your typical. And he might not do it the first time, but he'll go back and do it. Exactly. It's going to get done. So, no, I don't hate Brian, guys. Sometimes he he um, annoys me. I will say that, like you said, like a family member who, you know, just gets on your nerves all the time, but you will always love them. I love them. I love him. <laughs> but I love him most when, because something about Justin calms him. Something about Justin brings out this softer side in him. And I like to see that side. I like to see that side. Yeah. I don't like the asshole Brian because I think he's too good looking and it's too talented. It's something that grounds him. Yeah. You know, because you know he can seem this larger than life thing. Right. And we know that that's just the the facade and it's just the persona that he right. puts on. But there's something about their relationship that does ground him. Exactly. So let me just clear that up. I do not hate <laughs> Brian. I do not. Well, you know who you are. So this yes. will mean something to you even if it means nothing to anyone else. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, let's get your thoughts. Break down all the characters. What do you think about the characters? Who's your favorite? Also, break down this episode for us as well. And let's hear your feedback. You guys already know how to reach us. You always do. And we love hearing from you. So um, give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Did it have your emotions racing and running and going crazy? Are you team Justin or you team Brian? Or, or you... somewhere in the middle. Yeah, or somewhere in you the middle. You can see both sides. Yes. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, guys, this was a blast. And until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.